My name is Mark Madison, and I am so very proud to have Fujitsu General America as a sponsor. At Fujitsu, they're focused on partnering with the best distributors and contractors to ensure that each Fujitsu heating and cooling system brings infinite comfort to every end user. Andrew Bennett is a speaker, consultant, coach, magician, and two times TEDx presenter, specializing in leadership, organizational climate, and personal development. He's on a mission to revitalize the human spirit and has worked with over 120 organizations, including Google, Microsoft, and Habitat for Humanity. You can contact Andrew at andrewbennett.com. Well, good morning. Welcome to my podcast, Mark Madison on Books and People. And this morning, we are absolutely privileged to have my old and dear friend, Andrew Bennett. Andrew, how are you this morning? I am great and so happy to be talking to you. Ah, buddy. It was 1993. We were the Young Turks at Edge Learning Institute. Why did we forge such a strong bond? Well, first of all, I think, Mark, you're such a you know, such a personable person that to have someone that really is present, um, I always connect with people who are really present with you and you're always right there. It's like there's nobody else in the room when you're with you. And so that connection is, I think, was the starting point. And um, I think we were both learning the ropes. We were both uh, hungry to learn and to figure out how we could have the biggest impact on other people as quickly as possible. And then we both share awesome senses of humor. So, <laughs> so we were pretty fun. That's our greatest quality. We yeah. were pretty fun together. <laughs> yeah, we were quick to laugh. I remember that. But the thing that really stuck out to me, one day we were sitting there and you, we were talking about whatever books we were reading at the time. And you said, well, I have this thing right here. I call it, you know, Andrew Bennett University. And you, you pulled this binder out. And I said, what, what is that? Would you mind telling us how that whole thing got started? This came from a book that I read and I forget the name, unfortunately. I remember the author's first name was Fred and that's about all I remember. <laughs> but he... He wrote about Dwight D. Eisenhower and how Eisenhower had a, he called it Dwight D. Eisenhower University. And it was this self-designed, self-driven, um, ongoing education. And it was basically, it was books. It was a, and it was a really broad range of books that Eisenhower was going to read and study and you know really learn from and so it was it was his ongoing education and i just thought man that's awesome because my attitude then was i want to continue to learn but i don't want to go back to school because i want to work really hard in the business world like i want to keep my feet really on the ground with people in organizations. So I wanted to be out in the field and that wasn't going to be conducive to going back to college, but I right. wanted to also continue learning. So, uh, so I adopted that idea and built the binder and 
researched the books that were going to really enrich me in the areas where I wanted to grow. And it was after you showed me that I started writing down the books that I read and started keeping track of what I read and not only what I read, but how often and how many. So and how, honestly, how that long was one is of the that list? That, how long is that list now, Mark? Oh, Lord, I don't know. <laughs> I finally just got done purging some books, but, you know, thousands. And yeah, I've uh, never my wife anyone. said enough. You know, you got to get rid of some of these books. So. Mine, too. Mine, too. But I know. I've never met, I've you... never met anyone who um, I have such admiration for you for. I, I think you're one of my most admired people for how you've just continued to grow and learn and it's so in earnest oh i appreciate that the <laughs> the first time you said to me do you happen to have a couple of 19 rubber bands on you yeah and i said well no i don't and you said well i think i do and then you proceeded to show me some magic which mm -hmm. i you know it's just a couple of rubber bands but it was a wow uh how did you get started in magic yeah, well, I've been doing it now for over 51 years. Mm. So I started when I was seven. It's a pretty standard story for most magicians. They'll get exposed to magic, usually through a magic kit, between the ages of like seven and 12. And right. for some, it really takes root. I was seven. Uh, I was raised by my grandparents, and they gave me a magic set for my seventh Christmas. And Grandpa and I sat down on the floor and we opened the box and there was the magician's oath sitting right on top. <laughs> you know, it was uh, uh, always practice a trick until you've got it perfected before you show it to someone and never share the secrets. Right. And then we got into the props and, and Grandpa helped me read the instructions and figure out how to manipulate the the props and his you know i i've written about this uh his mentoring in that process was significant you know he was very involved but also just to have your parent sitting on the floor with you right because magic takes patience it's not an immediate gratification it's not a toy that you just start playing with. It takes discipline and practice and there's not a, an immediate return on investment and it's challenging. Right. So that's why so many kids get the magic set and then it goes up on the shelf. But right. grandpa sat there with me and helped me work through it and it really, it took root. And um, he became my, my writer and he wrote, he wrote jokes that I still use. Um, oh. Yeah. And what I was a would, great teacher. He, he was incredible. And I would practice a magic trick at the dinner table, <laughs> <laughs> just my grandparents and, and me. And so you want a safe audience your first right. few times. And so I would show them a magic trick and then I'd get up the next morning and at the breakfast table, grandpa got up real early and he was gone to work before I got up. And at the breakfast table, there'd be an envelope. And in the envelope, he would have stayed up late typing up the the jokes and the we call it patter. Patter, yeah. Yeah, it's the script basically for Building the Building that rapport with the audience before you wow them with your magic. Yeah, it's, you know, magic tricks are one thing. 
but it's the presentation that right. really is what creates the experience. So grandpa helped me um, structure the way that I presented my magic tricks. And then he became my agent and, you know, he, he was a banker in town, very small town in Michigan. Yep. In Michigan, Beulah, Michigan population 421. (laughs) And now that you're gone, it's 420. Right. Right. So that was how it all started. I mean, I, I had my own TV show when I was 14 and, uh, we would tape that show in the morning and uh, then in the evening, I was 14 years old. In the evening, I was the opening act at Louis, uh, which was the local strip club. <laughs> Nothing the like t- having a 14-year-old at a strip club. Yeah, that's a great place to start. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to pull that off today. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but magic yeah. was a perfect segue into organizational development, consulting, coaching, all the things you do now, right? And you yeah, worked, well, you worked for Ross Perot. Yes, I did. I worked EDS. for Ross. Yeah, I worked for Ross for ten years. Uh, my first six months were as his personal assistant, and then he became my mentor and kind of rotated me every couple years through different roles in the company. But it was that first six months uh, we had a Christmas party during that time, and I did a little magic show in the office for the Christmas party. And he didn't know I did magic until then. And oh. after, yeah, afterwards he came up to me and he said, Andy, that's real clever how you do that magic. From now on, whenever you do a business presentation, I want you to use magic in it. <laughs> and so that was, you know, like 35 years ago. Oh and, my gosh. And so I started and the first opportunity he, he offered me was a presentation to the General Motors Board of Directors. I was 23 years old Mm. and um, no pressure. Right. Right. Because General Motors had bought EDS and by virtue, Ross became a board member. And so he had a um, case he wanted to make for a major expenditure that the board needed to approve. And he had me present the business case oh my using, gosh. using magic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a great metaphor, but you know, it wasn't just, you know, magic and present. you, didn't you help to redesign the compensation system at EDS? I helped redesign the way that uh, EDS managed its accounts. Ah. And so these, I, I, my, one of my last rotations with Ross was I ran uh, an account in Australia in Melbourne for two years. And um, I redesigned the way that we, the, the kind of the business model that we used with the client. And so instead of charging for uh, you know, by, by the hour, uh, like time and materials, cause we were doing information technology, right. Uh, instead of charging just kind of for services, I set it up so that we would, uh, when our clients achieved their goals that were basically facilitated through information technology, um, when they achieved their goals, they would give us a percentage of that and it had never been done before um that high risk high return 
Yeah. And that was influenced by, you know, a book that I know you and I share uh, a real uh, fondness for, which is Million Dollar Consulting by Alan Weiss. Yeah. And you turned me on to that about, book years ago. Yeah, it had a big impact on me. I, I mean, I thought, yeah, if if you're really helping your clients, you know, ultimately that's what we should be doing is working to benefit our clients. And if that's truly your purpose, you ought to be willing to put some skin in the game and, and yeah. to to risk, you know, like uh, if I don't help you achieve your goals, you shouldn't pay me. And if I do help you achieve your goals, let's let's be in this together. It shifted. Ross was the one who influenced me to actually do something about that, you know, to actually structure an account like that, because um, he said, if you can do that, then you'll you'll change us from being a vendor into being a partner. Right. What a and, paradigm shift. Mm hmm. Yeah, it, 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 and, and we grew that business from 5 million a year, which was below the threshold for a typical EDS account. But we took that business because it was a foot in the door in the Pacific Rim. And so our first business in Asia Pacific, and um, we started out at 5 million a year and we grew it to 65 million in two years and we didn't add any staff. We still had the same team of 24 people. So it was 1300% wow. growth in two years. Yeah. And other than that, you really didn't have an impact. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I should have set up my compensation so that it was tied yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, oh, well. So you were really fortunate to have a lot of great mentors along the way. And, mm -hmm. You know, somehow you segued into, I mean, for years and years, Andy, I, I just looked up to you uh, so much for the quality of the work that you did, but also the kind of person you are. And uh, you just, I don't know, just I have so much respect for you. And then abracadabra, one day uh, I, I look and here's Andy doing a TEDx talk in like Maryland mm -hmm. at Towson University. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. I wanted to do a TED talk and um, uh, didn't know how you went about that. And so I did some research and I found that you basically apply. And so we live in Alexandria, Virginia, and I wanted to do something nearby. And the, um, the one that kind of fit the, the time frame that I wanted to do it in was in Towson University, which is up near... Baltimore. Yeah. And so you apply. Um, all TEDx talks have a, a theme for the event. And so, of course, you're, you're looking for a theme that fits with the talk you want to do. And um, a number of years ago, I discovered uh, the meaning of the word abracadabra. And it's very powerful. And I wanted to do a talk about that. And so I applied to Towson. I forget what the theme of the event was, but it was appropriate. And they, um, they talked to me and we kind of uh, negotiated a little bit about the shape of the, the talk and kind of came to a, a general design for it. And then we, we went ahead with that. And I think that was about five five or six years ago. And um, it's called the magic of words. 
It's out there on YouTube and we're getting close. I think it's up to 477,000 views. So we're getting close to a half a million views and I get messages from all over the world from people who, you know, it's made a big difference in their lives and it's really rewarding to know because Ted talks, you know, you don't get paid. Right. Um, you, it's, it's really a, a labor of love. You do it because you feel like your message is going to help people. And that Ted platform is going to enable you to deliver to a lot of people. So it's all about an idea that's going to change the world. That's right. You know, their tagline is ideas worth spreading. Right. Yeah. And that led to another Ted talk that you did recently. I did. I, I, uh, I guess a year and a half ago, I felt like it was, it was time and I was feeling very um, passionate. I had just given a, a talk at American University called The Gift of Fear. And it was uh, about how um, when we have fears, leaning into them and understanding the roots of our fears can help us transform those fears into something that gives us immense strength. And so I wanted to share that talk in a TED Talk. And so a friend of mine was from Orcas Island, which you're very familiar with. It's just, it's out, out your way. And it's the San Juan the, Islands, yeah. Out in the San Juan Islands in the Strait of Juan de Fuca. Um, <laughs> and so uh, my friend said, there's a really great TED Talk. There's a TED event that takes place on San, on, uh, San Juan Island. And um, it's a great community of people that put it together. And, and I know how you love the Pacific Northwest and wouldn't that be a cool spot for your next talk? So I applied to them with the gift of fear and they came back and they said, you know, it's interesting, but our community out here, it's, uh, a lot of musicians, a lot of artists, a lot of people who want to get away from the hustle and bustle, a lot of retired people. And the gift of fear is really more of a uh, kind of corporate business talk. And they said, but we know you're a magician. Might you have something interesting to share with us about magic? And um, I have really deep thoughts about magic and uh, strong beliefs about the role that magic can play. And so I said, well, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm even more excited about that talk than I am about the fear talk. And so uh, I put together a proposal for what that talk would look like and then worked for six months. Uh, I put a lot more work into this talk than I did the first one. Um, just because it, as I dug into it, it became a very personal story and um, ended up being, you know, I think the, the talk of my lifetime so far. Oh, it's, it's a, a world-class video. I mean, it's such a huge improvement over the last one. It's not like the last one was bad. It was just this one was like next level. Well, that first one was filmed so poorly. Um, and this and is I was yelling for, at the cameraman when I was watching I it. I know, I know. <laughs> but here, the bottom line was the message got through. The message, yeah, clearly ha half a million people. And it's something for any of your listeners, if, if you're interested in doing a TEDx talk, make sure you vet 
the the organizers as much as they vet you because right. not all TED, all TEDx talks are independently organized and there's standards that the TEDx people have but um, not everybody follows those and and it's easy to at least once slip under the radar and produce a subpar uh, you know uh, talk so yeah the the um, that was another reason I wanted a second shot at a TEDx talk because the first one was filmed so poorly that I really wanted to get a nice one out there. But with the new one, you had, you had three elements to it, three really, yeah. and I love the three, the whole three things. Would you mind explaining mm -hmm. those three things? When you're first learning to do magic, there's three lessons and you learn how to make something appear, you know, like when you pull a coin from behind someone's ear, right. Uh, then you learn how to make something disappear. That coin now disappears. And then you learn how to restore something. Uh, you might cut a piece of rope and put it back together, or you might tear up a newspaper and put it back together. But those three lessons are the foundational things you learn. The first three things appear, disappear, and restore. And so uh, they also happen to be a really cool way of thinking about how you can uh, write a new chapter for your life, how you might structure things when you're making a transition in life. Maybe you're with an empty nest now and you and your significant other want to write a new chapter. Uh, maybe you've been th through some really difficult stuff and it's time for you to get a, a new start. Um, but thinking about uh, what you want to make appear in your life. What, what do I want um, everything from material things to, you know, what kind of difference do I want to make in the world? But what do I want to appear in my life? Um, and part of that is who do I want to be as, as a person? Right. Um, that's the appear piece. Disappear is what needs to go away. Um, that can be very tactical, like, what do I need to start saying no to? What do I need to stop tolerating? What do I need to, uh, eliminate? And that can also include, um, what kind of, of thinking might be getting in my way? How can I manage my thoughts and my language more effectively? What do I need to change? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then restore is what needs healing in, in my life? Um, uh, a lot of times that's about relationships that uh, are creating, you know, negative, uh, a negative influence in your life. Right. And so that model, I've used it with my consulting clients, my corporate clients, um, McDonald's, their information technology department uses appear, disappear and restore. They've been using it for the last seven years for creating their strategies every year. Uh, all the way from the chief information officer level down to the individual contributors. Everybody identifies for this year, here's what I'm gonna make appear, here's what needs to disappear, and here's what I'm gonna restore. It's a great so, way to reframe the whole goal setting process. Yeah, yeah, and it's the way that I recommend people do it is in kind of a vision form where you, you kind of articulate it longhand like, you know, as you're describing what you want to make appear, you literally are describing it. Here's what it's going to look like. Here's how it's going to make me feel. And uh, 
really embedding a lot of energy into it because you need that energy to, to persevere, to have discipline, um, to be resilient and, you know, keep hanging in there. So what do you love about your work? I mean, you're, you're busy as busy can be. You're traveling all over the world. What is it about what you do that it feeds your soul? It's, it's very much down to an individual. When I have, when I hear from individuals that this has helped, you know, this has helped me or it's helped my team or it's made me a better leader or uh, your ideas have helped me in my relationship with my son or daughter. Uh, those individual stories of how people use appear, disappear, restore, how they use the concept of abracadabra. Um, that's, that's why I do it. That's what's rewarding. Um, that's what it's all about for me. And abracadabra means I say it and I create it. Is that right? It means literally it's an Aramaic word. Uh, it means I create that of which I speak. Yes. Um, but it sounds I, very Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds a little Yoda, doesn't it? I <laughs> that of which I speak. I and succeed so I, you will. Yes. Right. Right. I, I kind of re, uh, rewrote it so that it was a little bit more straightforward and clear and usable. And so um, what I say is it means uh, what I speak is what I create. Right. And I have a trademark on that. So um, it's just, it's a very powerful concept. And um, I really love that most, you know, most people don't know that that's what it means. And even most magicians don't know what it means. Mm. Yeah. I'd say 99% well, of magicians don't know that that's what abracadabra means. Well, the, the phrase from Earl Nightingale, we become, we think about, but what you're saying is we become what we say and feel. Yes. And, and what he said about what we think about is absolutely true. And the way that we manage the way we think is through our words. Right. Um, the words that we use in our head, because research suggests that we have 60,000 thoughts a day. And 75% are negative. 95 well yes yes 75 percent are negative and 95 percent of our thinking is automatic it's autopilot you're, right you're if you have 60,000 thoughts today 57,000 of those thoughts are going to be the same ones you had yesterday well, and so if you want to change your outcomes if you want to change your level of happiness your productivity um the quality of your relationships you need to change the way you think and the way you cha change what you think is through your words. It's by crafting words that are going to um, continually point you in the direction of what you want. And abracadabra is just a really simple way of reminding yourself to do that. So, right. um, Well, it's stretching you, comfort zones and it's, it's, ch it's changing. It's consciously making a decision to, to use different words. Consciously is the key word, Mark. You know, it's, it's being aware that, okay, what I'm thinking right now and what I'm saying to myself or others uh, is not generative. It's not lifting me up. It's not lifting the other person up. Uh, so 
that's not the way I want to live my life. And so all you do is when you recognize that, which is the key, first recognizing it, then you just say abracadabra. And it, it's like a period. You know, right. it says, okay, that was that, abracadabra. And it's, abracadabra means what I speak is what I create. So now I've got uh, in my back pocket, I've got a new statement that is uh, aligned with what I want to create in, you know, whatever the situation is. It's a transitional so having, phrase. It's, it's like a, trans- a talisman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. Hey, before we run out of time, I want to make sure people, anybody listening can, can contact you. So what's the best way they can do that? AndrewBennett.com. So it's, uh, Bennett is B-E-N-N-E-T-T. So it's all one word, AndrewBennett.com. That's the website and you can learn more about my work there and that's how to, you can get in touch with me through that. That's awesome. And what's next for Andrew? Well, you know, I've been doing corporate work for 37 years and uh, the idea now is to expand the reach because I want to reach more people. Uh, And so we're building out all of these um, uh, concepts and tools that I've developed over the years. So we've got a whole kind of product and service line that we're building around Abracadabra another product and service line that we're building around appear, disappear, restore. So it's everything from tools to coaching programs, group coaching programs um, that we can offer to the, the general public people who want to keep growing and use tools that are really powerful out there. So that's, that's where the focus is right now. And I wonder what Bob Moad, all the way back in 1993, would have to say about you and I doing what we do. I think Bob would say, I always knew it. (laughs) Those two young Turks. Yep, yep. You were a little full of yourselves back then, but underneath that all, all of that, I knew that you had uh, something to offer the world. Did you see that his son Trevor has a book out now? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. We're Bob all kind of carrying, so continuing to carry Bob's message. And, and, you know, Andrew, you, you're so fun to watch live. It, it oh. isn't just the magic either. It's, it's everything. It's the content rich information. It's the ideas. And I hope that uh, our listeners here take the time to not just watch your Ted talk, but call you, engage you and, and uh, bring you into their organization. Because I know you've changed my life. And uh, well, I count you, you as so, one of the real blessings. Yeah, so have you. It's been mutual, very much. You're, you're a treasured friend. Well, and I, go, I know one of your mentors is Steve Martin. And I, you know, I, I'll quote him to end this. I, uh, you know, I get paid for doing this, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I get paid for doing this. I just reread Board Standing Up for the, I don't know, third or fourth time. And it's just it's one of my favorite people. Well, buddy, I wish we had another hour. You know, we could easily fill that up. But um, I know. I just want to say, man, I love you. And it's so great to talk to you. And I'm glad to be able too, to share Mark. you with uh, my subscribers. And, and Thank uh, you so much for a great conversation. And buddy, make it a great day unless you have other plans. Right. (laughs) I'm going to make it a great day. I think you will. Thanks, pal. Okay. 
This podcast is brought to you by the team at Fujitsu General America. And like this podcast, they're focused on education and development. From the day they sold their first comfort system in North America, they've been unwavering in their focus on training. It doesn't matter if it's application, installation, or service. A better trained technician brings better value to the homeowner. So when you're looking for infinite comfort, think Fujitsu. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or pique your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day unless you have other plans.